Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yesterday, because I guess it's November, my kids started making Christmas lists. I'm not kidding for themselves. And I started to think about Christmas presents I'm going to give people. Maybe you're doing the same thing. Now, my family, we're book givers. We give books. We give um, gift certificates to bookstores. And so if you're trying to figure out, because dudes are hard to shop for. Dads, brothers, friends, they are. If you're listening to the show and I'm your your, your, your son or your brother, this certainly applies. And uh, here's what I got for you. Great book. I know it's early. Get on that gift train. Mike Florio is the author of Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. It's available in hardcover, how I prefer it, ebook and audiobook. Amazing gift. And um, if you're starting to put together those lists like I am, I got my notes on my, on my iPhone where I just put stuff so I don't forget. Again, Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. Really good gift for dudes who are, for the most part, hard to shop for. Speaking of Mike Florio, he joins us right now on the show, the man behind Pro Football Talk. Good morning, Mike. What a weekend in football, dude. Well, that was awesome. I need to give you a percentage. That was good. I'll take, I'll take it. Hey, hey, you know, I'm not kidding. I we my wife, because she's smarter than me, makes us give away books. So every year it's just a list of books. It's on the list. I'm doing it. My brother doesn't listen to my radio show because he's a bad brother. He's getting one. My mom and dad do listen. Mom and dad, I want one too. Um all right, Mr. Florio, let's let's start. There's a lot to get to, but I, I'd love to hear on the Packers, on Aaron Rodgers, obviously a very lackluster, not just game for Green Bay, but performance for Aaron Rodgers. Are you at a point from what you've seen to believe that this is actually who the Packers are going to be for the entirety of this season? Well, it's funny. I'm working on something right now, an analysis of a portion of his post-game press conference, and he was asked this question about halfway through. You've been pretty optimistic these last couple of weeks saying all it takes is one. Sounds like there's still a little bit of that left. But how do you, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful in saying this, how do you believe you guys can still turn it around after you just lost to that team? <laughs> Sorry, Lions. And Rodgers waited 13 seconds to respond. He gathered himself and he said, I've been counted out many times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just can dig deep and find a way we will truly be underdogs for many games moving forward. This always drives me crazy, Bill, 
a team plays poorly, those of us who get paid to point things out point out that the team is playing poorly, and then they get indignant because we're counting them out. They're counting themselves out. We're just pointing out what's obvious. If they turn it around, great. And I think they could be very dangerous in the postseason if they get there. I think if they go in as the sixth seed versus as the one seed, they go in as the one seed, they're tight, they're nervous, there's too much pressure. You go in as the sixth seed, hey, that's how they won the Super Bowl in 2010. They were the sixth seed. They went on the road to Philadelphia, to Atlanta, to Chicago, got to the Super Bowl and won it. So there's still hope. But, but don't, don't turn it around on those of us who are paid to say, this team stinks right now. Because they do. And it's all their fault. Can they turn it around? Yes. But they've dug this hole for themselves, and now they have to try to dig it out. they got two games, four days apart at home. Cowboys Sunday, Titans following Thursday. And if they have any chance at all, they're going to have to win at least one of those two games. Mike Florio, speaking of the Titans, and I, I love Mike Vrabel. I'm, I'm just a fan of what Vrabel does. Had a chance again, again, to beat the Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs found a way to win. Not a high-scoring affair. And I saw a lot of coverage today writing, or some, that the Titans are fool's gold, the Titans are, 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 are an illusion. What's your analysis of, of that team? Are, are they dangerous? Do, do you buy them as a, as a really good football team going forward despite the loss last night on, on Sunday Night Football? I think they're very dangerous. I was going to say even if Derrick Henry is or isn't healthy, I mean, it doesn't matter. Last year he was injured week eight against the Colts, didn't play again the rest of the regular season, they end up the number one seed. They had a record last year, by far, of total different guys who were on the 53-man roster. They had so many players injured. They had so many players come and go, and Mike Vrabel finds a way to hold it all together. They had no business coming close to winning that game last night. Malik Willis isn't ready yet. Mike Vrabel got him to play well enough to keep them alive. The defense played incredibly well. They took everything the Chiefs had to offer and Filled it and buckled, didn't get blown out. The spread was 12 and a half points, which made me think I was missing something. How does that spread between a pair of five and two teams get to 12 and a half? And for once I was right, it restored. Maybe, maybe it's part of the, the setup. Maybe once in a while they let you think you're right so you can be wrong the rest of the time. But I didn't get that. I didn't know why the, the Titans had no faith in them at all. So I think they'll continue to be effective. They'll get Ryan Tannehill back. It's not like Malik Willis came in and took the job away from Tannehill the way Tannehill took it away from Marcus Mariota a few years ago. So I think they'll be fine. They'll get to the postseason. And maybe they're a team that will be more dangerous as a lower seed than as a higher seed. We've seen them three years ago go to Baltimore and derail the number one seed. And then they got derailed last year as the one seed. If they just get in, they'll be a team that can disrupt things. You know, this Bills Chief AFC championship game that we just assume is going to happen, there's going to be some teams that could keep that from occurring. The Titans, the Ravens are two that come to mind, and the Bengals could keep it from happening too. So I think the Titans are very much alive. And, and if anything, I know Bravel said after the game, there are no moral victories, and I agree with him, but you have to draw some positives out of the fact that they pushed the Chiefs to the limit. Mike Florio here on the show. Mike, last night's win for the Chiefs was one of three wins this year for Kansas City. By, by less than a touchdown. And we know, and this has been true for the entirety of the time Mahomes has been there, that they get down sometimes. For whatever reason, they get down, and they're often able to come back in those games. Are the Chiefs' ability to win, and that means the fact that they play a lot of close games, their ability to win close games, is that a benefit in your eye, or is the Chiefs 
doing something wrong and not putting teams the way they should? Well, yeah, th- this is similar to what's going on in Minnesota this year, and this is new for the Vikings, especially in recent years, to win close game after close game after close game after close game. But Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, said something after last night's victory that, that I think sums up issues of character and culture and intangible things that never show up on a stat sheet, but, but that have a lot to do with what holds a football team together through adversity. It's very easy to get yourself in a mindset where you just accept tonight's not our night, today's not our day. The Vikings down 10 yesterday in Washington, the Chiefs down, and just they're just sputtering. And, you know, we've seen guys with their demeanor. I always love the close-up shots, especially of quarterbacks during games. You can learn a lot from a guy's demeanor, the look on his face, how he's reacting. And the good teams, the best teams, never give up, never surrender, never say it's not our day, never say we'll get him next time. They just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing until they get a victory. That's baked into Patrick Mahomes, I think, of him in Super Bowl 55 against the Buccaneers when he was trying to single-handedly will the Chiefs to a comeback. But that, that flows from the, the culture of the organization, top to bottom, that they never give up in those moments. So they end up winning some games that they otherwise wouldn't and shouldn't have won. Mike, on the other side of that equation is a Raiders team, and I don't even know how this is statistically doable this early in the season or halfway through the season, but they've blown, what, three 17-point leads is that a statistical anomaly? Does it speak to the other side of the coin of what you're talking about in the locker room, or is it a is it a coaching issue? Well, it could be all of the above. And I mean, there have been accounts of Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, going in to meet with Josh McDaniels for extended periods of time after some of these games. And somebody pointed out to me last week, because there's been so much scrutiny of Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett, first-year coach. If they had lost to the Jaguars last Sunday, would he have been fired? Will he make it through this year into next year? He wasn't hired by the people who currently own the team. McDaniels was hired by Mark Davis. But there's still this question, should he be on the hot seat right away? Will Mark Davis move on from Josh McDaniels after only one season? And, and who knows? I mean, there's been the argument, and I made it. Rich Passaccio should have gotten a chance, should have gotten a year to coach the Raiders after what he did in the midst of one of the most difficult set of circumstances last season with the the abrupt resignation of John Gruden and all the turmoil then, why not give him a chance to show what he can do? That didn't happen. And, and now who knows what Mark Davis does. So, you know, Josh, the NFL, and this is one of the chapters of Playmakers, so this is an organic pitch. I have, a, I have a, a, over 100 different chapters. They're all fairly digestible short essays. The Peter Principle, which was satire originally in the late 60s when the book was published, but it's, it's right on the money. The idea that we all rise to the level of our own incompetence. We keep getting promoted and promoted and promoted until we get into a job that we're not so good at. We get promoted to the next one. We just kind of, we just kind of exist in this job that we, we do well enough to not get fired, but not well enough to get promoted. Well, we see it in the NFL all the time. You have guys who are very good coordinators who aren't good head coaches, North Turner, Wade Phillips, and maybe Josh McDaniels falls into that category as well. Maybe he's better off as a coordinator and someone else can run the team. So we're getting another example of it in, in Las Vegas, and this is not a bad team, so it's got to be somebody, and maybe it is Josh McDaniels.
Mike Florio, uh, forgive my earnestness in this question. I'm a long-suffering, angry, irrational Bears fan, and it's rare that I can ask someone of your stature a question about the Bears that has a legitimately positive angle. So I'm going to lean into it 100% on this Monday morning. Is one game from Justin Fields where he sets a record for rushing yards for a quarterback enough for people like me to reasonably think maybe there is a future that is extremely positive for this young quarterback? Yes, because the new regime seems to be accepting and embracing what Justin Fields is. I'm always worried when there's a new coach and a new GM, especially they come in and they tear everything down and they didn't really do much to help Justin Fields in the 2022 offseason. Did they really want Fields? Does the new coach, does the new GM really buy into this guy or would they have gone in a different direction? And are they just waiting for their opportunity to go in a different direction? We mentioned Josh McDaniels. That was his first order of business when he got the Broncos job. I'm running Jay Cutler out of town, and I'm dumping him on the Bears. Well, it's funny how these things tie together sometimes. But if this coaching staff is going to get the most out of Justin Fields, we saw the shift two weeks ago tonight with the growth and increase of designed runs. We saw that record yesterday of 178 yards. He's throwing. He's, he's running. He's got Chase Claypool there. Uh, they got they got screwed, frankly, by the non-call of pass interference late in the game that would have set up at a minimum a game a tying field goal attempt. So I think there's reason for optimism, and you know I, I think the optimism really resides next year. The Packers are are dipping. Who knows where the Vikings are going to be? That division could be wide open, and it could be the Bears that get the opportunity to take it over when they have draft picks and cash to spend try to make the team better Mike last one for you um yeah the NFC already is is so interesting unusual you know different I think than a lot of us anticipated Tampa Bay and Tom Brady win that game against the Rams but neither of those teams at least right now look like world beaters and the Vikings just keep winning football games you noted even games where they're down and maybe shouldn't be down are the Vikings for you especially in an NFC that that doesn't seem to have a lot of elite teams worthy of an elite designation as a legitimate elite team in the NFL? No, not yet. Not yet. We're going to find out a lot about the Vikings over the course of the next 17 days. At Buffalo, at home against the Cowboys, short week Thanksgiving night at home against the Patriots. The good news for the Vikings is after this Buffalo game, they have five out of six games at home. They don't go outdoors again until week 17 at Green Bay. And Green Bay may be dead by then. Week 18 at the Bears, the Bears may be done by then. So the, the Vikings have a very favorable schedule from a location standpoint, but they got some tough games coming up. They got the Jets, they got the Giants, again, the Patriots, Cowboys, and Bills. Now's the time for them to really prove it. This dynamic of finding ways to win games, they've been doing it against teams they should be beating anyway. Now we see if they can find a way to win games against teams that they shouldn't be beating. And it starts on Sunday in Buffalo against the Bills team. It's going to be a little salty after falling down against the Jets on Sunday. He is our friend Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. And again, I I know it seems like it's a ways away. Shop early. I'm, I'm giving you good advice, listener. Playmakers, how the NFL really works and doesn't. It's a book by Mike, a bottle of bourbon, your dad, your brother, your buddy, you will be golden. Uh, Mr. Florio, as always, bud, I appreciate you. I know it's a busy day. Thanks on, a, on an NFL Monday for, for coming on. Thanks, Bob. Good talking to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.